Welcome back to the podcast my dear friends. This is uh, Scalpels and Sutures. In the last episode we talked about gingiva and the first part the macroscopic features which included the biotype of the tissue that was involved. Today we will be looking at the microscopic features of the gingiva. Again we are going to divide this into three sections. where we will be studying it under what the gingival epithelium is the epithelium connective tissue interface and the gingival connective tissue how do we understand this we have to understand this in the form of two blocks one block placed upon another the upper block is the epithelial block and the lower block is the connective tissue block and in between the two there is an area where the epithelium contacts the connective tissue this is called the epithelium connective tissue interface having understood this basic concept let's go on to understanding the gingival epithelium to understand the gingival epithelium we need to understand the histologic classification of the gingival epithelium we have the outer gingival epithelium the sulcular epithelium and the junctional epithelium therefore gingiva uh, if you remember previously was anatomically classified into the marginal gingiva and the attached gingiva and the interdental gingiva here we introduce a new classification which is based on the histology of uh, the structures that are present and gingiva is divided into the outer gingival epithelium the sulcular epithelium and the junctional epithelium out of these we will be dealing with the junctional epithelium in the next podcast in great detail because it is very important to understand the junctional epithelium its functions its evolutions and its course in the form of a disease so the first topic that we shall be dealing with is the outer gingival epithelium the outer gingival epithelium consists of keratinized stratified squamous epithelium this covers the attached gingiva and the crest and the outer surface of the marginal gingiva so understanding this particular sentence is very important the outer gingival epithelium is basically the sum of your marginal gingiva and your attached gingiva which in the previous podcast we understood that both of them are keratinized therefore uh, if you ask what the difference between marginal attached and outer gingival epithelium is there is nothing they are the combination of the two except for the fact that we will be delving into the histology of the outer gingival epithelium over here and marginal and attached are anatomic classifications so we should understand the difference between the two quite clearly the principal cells of the gingival epithelium are called keratinocytes 
Now, if there are keratinocytes, there will be non-keratinocytes, and the non-keratinocytes associated with the gingival epithelium are melanocytes, Langerhans cells, and Merkel cells. Now, when you take the outer gingival epithelium and observe it under a microscope, we see that it is organized into four layers. Layer one is called the basal layer, also known as the stratum basal. The second one is called the spinous layer, also known as the stratum spinosum. The third is called the granular cell layer, called the stratum granulosum. And finally, we have a conified or keratinized layer, which is called the stratum corneum. Let us look at each of these strata in detail. First of all, the stratum basal. The basal or the basal layer makes proliferation compartment of the epithelium, whereas the other three layers are the differentiation component of the epithelium. So to understand this, basal is where you have the active mitotic division of epithelial cells taking place. Whereas the other three layers, which are the spinosum, granulosum, and the corneum, will undergo certain differentiation, morpho or histodifferentiation of cells, so that they can give the epithelium its characteristics. So, the basal layer, as I told earlier, contains keratinocytes, and they divide by mitosis, and they occur in both the basal layer as well as the suprabasal layer. The basal layer consists of one to two layers of cuboidal cells, and they are undifferentiated cells. The cells will migrate from the basal to the suprabasal and will differentiate to form a mature keratinocyte. A small number of cells will remain in the proliferative compartment and help in the formation of new cells. These will be attached to the basement membrane at the lamina lucida with the help of hemidesmosomes. The lamina densa of the basement membrane will face the connective tissue. The lamina densa consists of anchoring fibers that contain type 7 collagen which binds to the collagen of type 1 and type 3 in the extracellular matrix. As the cells move from the basal layer to the surface, they may show many biochemical as well as morphological changes. Morphologically, these cells become more flattened as they move towards the surface. So the key things to understand here are the basal layer is the proliferation compartment. The keratinocytes multiply with the help of mitosis. divide at the basal layer and then migrate to the suprabasal layer and differentiate to form mature keratinocytes. They are attached to the lamina lucida zone with the help of hemidesmosomes, whereas the basement membrane's lamina densa will face towards the connective tissue and are made up of anchoring fibrils with type 7 collagen and they will bind to the type 1 and type 3 collagen of the extracellular matrix. And as you go up scale, into the spinosum, granulosum, and corneum, the cells become progressively flattened. Stratum spinosum consists of about 
10 to 20 layers of cells typically large in size resembling spines they are attached to each other with the help of desmosome so to understand the stratum spinosum one needs to understand how a pineapple looks like now a pineapple consists of several cells that are connected to each other through junctions now the the junctional attachment that occurs over here are the desmosomes and they exude filaments from each other these filaments that attach from the desmosomes are called tonofibrils there will be a re dramatic reduction in cell organelles from the basement layer meaning the amount of cell organelles as uh, will decrease as they move from the stratum basale to the stratum granulosum along with this you will see keratohyaline bodies and tonofibrils you will also see numerous electron dense granules called odlin bodies which are basically modified lysosomes and they contain a large amount of acid phosphatase which is an enzyme that is responsible for destruction of organelle membranes as the cells move from the stratum granulosum to the stratum corneum there will be a sudden change in the cellular morphology which will involve more destruction of the cell organelle membrane therefore these odlin bodies play a very important role during keratinization in addition to the accumulation of membrane coating granules and keratins the differentiating keratinocytes will synthesize and retain some specific proteins known as prophylaxin keratolinin and involucrin and these are precursors that are involved in the thickening of the cell envelope in the stratified squamous epithelium the membrane coating granules are believed to have an intracellular permeability barrier next we come to the stratum corneum in the stratum corneum the cells become progressively more and more flattened and they show signs of nucleus disintegration here we have to understand two terms orthokeratinization and parakeratinization parakeratinization is observed in the oral gingival epithelium and you will see incomplete disintegration of the nucleus and cytoplasmic organelles orthokeratinization is characterized by complete disintegration of the nucleus and cytoplasmic organelles and can be found in the skin and the uh, epithelium gingival epithelium in the previous uh, section we understood what keratinocytes are when we do this we need to also understand what non keratinocytes are the various non keratinized as i said earlier are melanocytes langerhans cells and merkel cells let's go through them one by one melanocytes as the name suggests melanocytes will produce melanin which are pigment producing cells they have protective action against ultraviolet radiation and they have many protective roles to follow because of the production of reactive oxygen species such as peroxide ions reactive oxygen species uh, oxide ions etc therefore epithelial melanin pigmentation provides as a defense barrier by acting as a binder for toxic products such as free radicals and polycyclic 
compounds smoking and genetic factors may lead to excess pigmentation which is excess melanin production this is an aesthetic problem and can be treated by gingival depigmentation procedures the next cell we are going to talk about is the langerhans cells they are basically dendritic cells which are potent antigen presenting cells and perhaps maybe the only cells that are capable of initiating the adaptive immune response they are basically the sentinels of the oral mucosa and they inform the immune system not only about the entry of the pathogen but also about the tolerance of uh, the microsc- microscopic organisms that exist in health these cells lack tonofilaments and desmosomes they contain nuclei with clefts with almost all organelles that are present a characteristic feature of these is the birbeck granules they are g specific granules and they are associated with the cell membrane they are rod shaped or classic tennis racket shaped cells their role is exactly not known but they are known to be associated with antigen trapping and antigen presentation on the basis of electron microscopic appearance langerhans cells can be divided into two types type 1 and type 2 type 1 are pyramidal in shape highly dendritic and they have numerous birbeck granules and are seen in the suprabasal layer type 2 are spherical in shape show fewer dendrites and fewer birbeck granules and they are located in the basal layer the final cell that we need to deal with are the merkel cells the merkel cells also known as tactile cells or merkel ranvier cells are oval shaped receptor cells found in the deeper layers of the epithelium these cells have synaptic contacts and they have somatosensory afferents and they help in light touch discrimination these cells are if progressively divide uncontrollably lead to the formation of merkel cell carcinoma mcc which is a very aggressive small cell tumor of the neuroendocrine origin usually arising on sun exposed parts of the skin therefore in conclusion we should understand that melanocytes are pigment producing cells langerhans cells are protective cells which are responsible for antigen presenting and antigen trapping and merkel cells are used for light touch discrimination at this point of time it is very important to understand how keratin is expressed in the gingiva the keratin expression of gingival epithelium will change as per their maturation one should now understand what keratins are so a brief introduction to that keratins are simply fibrous proteins that take part in the cornification of the stratified squamous epithelium there are about 20 uh, keratin polypeptides that are divided into acidic polypeptides or basic polypeptides and the gene that encodes them are found on chromosome 12 uh which is for the acidic keratins and chromosome 17 which is for the basic keratins now 
the keratins are numbered based on their ph therefore the basic neutral keratins are numbered from k1 to k8 whereas acidic keratins are named from k9 to k19 so k1 to k8 are basic or neutral k9 to 19 are acidic so now we understand uh, what and how keratins are classified as we will now delve into the locations of um, various keratins all the basal cells of the stratified epithelia will express k5 and k14 okay so all the basal cells will contain 5 and 14 when you come to the supra basal layers of the stratified squamous epithelium you will see the expression of k1 2 10 and 11 when you look at non keratinized or para keratinized epithelium in the supra basal layers you will see k4 and k13 so we have to understand that in the supra basal layers depending on the keratinization or non keratinization you will see different expressions of keratin in the supra basal layer where there are keratinized stratified squamous epithelium you will see 1 2 10 and 11 and in non keratinized or para keratinized epithelium you will see 4 and 13 in highly proliferative epithelium you will see k 6 and 16 the oral epithelium the oral gingival epithelium will express 1 2 6 and 19 junctional epithelium will express 5 14 13 and 19 so these are the key things that one must remember about keratin expression a small note on the renewal of the gingival epithelium one should understand that the cellular growth is in a constant state of homeostasis that means cells die and these cells are replaced they are replaced continuously in health the rate of renewal of the epithelial cell will equal the rate of exfoliation this is also called the turnover time there are a large number of biologically active substances that may stimulate or suppress epithelial cell for proliferation most of these are peptide growth factors or cytokines the keratinocyte proliferation is stimulated by egf also known as epidermal growth factor tgf alpha known as transforming growth factor alpha pdgf or platelet derived growth factor and il1 also known as interleukin 1 
we will end this episode by uh, looking at the next portion of the epithelium called the sulcular epithelium the sulcular epithelium is simply the epithelium that lines the gingival sulcus apically it is bounded by this junctional epithelium and coronally it meets the outer gingival epithelium at the height of the free gingival margin the sulcular epithelium is similar to the outer gingival epithelium except for the lack of stratum corneum therefore it does not contain a clearly defined stratum granulosum this in terms of histology you should understand that this epithelium is non keratinized the lack of keratinization makes this area particularly susceptible to the influences from microorganisms therefore during gingival inflammation the sulcular epithelium will be densely infiltrated with inflammatory cells such as polymorphonucleosides pmns and lymphocytes due to infiltration by the immune cells there will be loss of desmosomal attachment and widening of intercellular spaces which may lead to the destruction of said sulcular epithelium a small uh, note regarding the oxygen consumption of gingiva as provided by the classic studies of glickman 1949 1950 He estimated the oxygen consumption of the normal healing gingiva using the Warburg method and concluded that the oxygen quotient of the normal gingiva is 1.6 plus or minus 0.37. The consumption of oxygen in the healing gingiva will vary according to the microscopic tissue changes. And uh, they observed that the maximum QO2 uh, uh, or the oxygen quotient is achieved by the 14th post-operative day. from the 14th day onwards to the 21st day there will be a decline in the oxygen quotient in conclusion uh, we have understood that the tissue interface of the gingiva will be divided into 3 you have the gingival epithelium the connective tissue and the interface between the epithelium and the connective tissue the gingival epithelium was histologically divided into the outer gingival epithelium the sulcular epithelium and the junctional epithelium out of which in this episode we have dealt with the outer gingival epithelium and the sulcular epithelium when you look at the outer gingival epithelium they consist of keratinized stratified squamous epithelium and consist of principal cells called keratinocytes the according to this there will be non keratinocytes which are melanocytes langerhans cells and merkel cells melanocytes are pigment producing cells langerhans cells are responsible for antigen presentation and merkel cells are responsible for differentiating between light touch when you histologically look at the outer gingiva you see the presence of four layers the stratum basale the spinosum granulosum and corneum the basal layer will be proliferating and the other three will be differentiating layers so the proliferation of the keratinocytes begins at the basal layers and they migrate upwards towards the supra basal layers this is the primary formation of the mature keratinocyte the uh, basal layers are attached to the basement membranes with the help of hemidesmosomes to the lamina lucida the connective tissue 
will be connected to the basement membrane via the lamina densa stratum spinosum contains spines desmosomes uh, tonofilaments and odlin bodies which are modified lysosomes stratum uh, corneum uh, is where we have pycnotic nuclei and nuclear disintegration you see orthokeratinization and parakeratinization orthokeratinization means complete disintegration of the nucleus and parakeratinization is observed in the gingival epithelium with incomplete disintegration of the nucleus we have also looked at the keratin expression of the gingiva and understood the implications of the sulcular epithelium in the next episode we shall be dealing with the junctional epithelium uh explain the concepts behind the junctional epithelium and the evolution and its importance in the transmission of periodontal disease until then i will see you soon uh with the next episode i hope you guys are well and i will take your leave right now thank you for listening and have a great day this is dr anin signing off for scalpels and sutures thank you <laughs>